Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? Good. How does it feel to be 30 again? I know we're 30. This is episode 30. <laughs> Can you remember we 30? We haven't celebrated this number in a while. Either no, of us. it feels so good. It feels 30 good. was good. And it's a nice round number. And I, I, I'm excited. We've had some great episodes and 30 just feels kind of monumental. It's like more than halfway to 50. I agree. I so, agree. Awesome. Yay. Um, today we are going to be talking about creating a satisfying holiday. And we're purposely, purposefully kind of not using the word simplifying the way everybody has been for the last, like, I feel like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe we are kind of using that word, but we're turning it on its head. And, and the point being, maybe simplifying isn't what you're going for. And that's cool. Maybe you do need to simplify and you're looking for simplicity. And that's mm -hmm. great. Uh, we're all holidaying our own way. And right. I think it's time that, you know, we kind of like let go of some of the guilt and should be's surrounding. Right. Yeah, isn't that funny how simplifying can then become like another thing you're supposed to do? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Which is> like... <laughs> I know. It's like oh. like another thing to live up to when yeah. it should be completely the opposite. Which is so, like not what it's supposed to achieve. Exactly. Um, I wanted to quickly give a shout out to this week's sponsor, which is Responsibility.org. Um, we've worked with Responsibility.org several times in the past. It's a great organization, and the focus is on responsible alcohol consumption, which also means talking to your kids about it and modeling responsible mm -hmm. alcohol consumption in front of your kids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what that also means, especially around the holidays, um, is how we choose to get around. Mm -hmm. And so yes. they're using the hashtag holiday responsibly on Twitter. And I think on Facebook and Instagram as well right now. And I went through and was looking at some of the tweets and I actually thought this was really interesting. Um, and I wanted to touch on this because I think Maybe we did this, we might have um, discussed this in a, in a former episode as well, but they did a survey and on the survey, 63% of, of the responders said they never, they rarely or never consider alternate transportation after wow. they've been out for the night. And I just think I, I, I live in a small town and mm -hmm. John and I have lived in bigger cities. And when we came here, one of the first things we did was look up the cab system, mm -hmm. which here is quite sad. Yeah. <laughs> but it does exist. And there are people who live in our town who literally did not know we had cabs. Wow. So I just want to, I think we talked about this maybe like. Yeah. Episode like, two was. Episode two. Uh -huh, okay. Was all about kind of role modeling some yeah, of these issues. Yeah. Check that out because yeah. we, we mm -hmm. threw out a lot of different ways to kind of um, get around the whole I don't have a ride home thing mm -hmm. or I don't have a designated mm -hmm. driver thing. Um, 
walking, mm-hmm. different kinds of transpo. Uber is a big one now. Yes. It's in a lot Has of Uber cities. made it to you in your little Uber's town? Uber's is not, not in our little town yet. Um, but every place else I've gone that's, you know, even a medium sized city, mm-hmm. we, we, small cities, we use it and it's mm-hmm. great. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you don't have to stand in a corner and hope someone's going to pick you up. You've right. got, you know, someone will be there to get you in like three to five minutes. So yeah. if you, you know, check it out, you might be surprised. You might not realize you've got Uber. Or Lyft is the other one that apparently is now making strides. It's not, and I haven't okay. been anywhere where I've seen Lyft, but apparently that one is also making strides. So there's a lot of different options you can look at. So that's just one way of, you know, holidaying responsibly. So check yeah. out that hashtag holiday responsibly. And also another big thing that, um, that responsibility.org tackles this time of year is the whole idea of moms, especially mm-hmm. kind of needing to de-stress yes. uh, from the holidays. And I think this whole episode is going to be about how holidays should not be something we have to hide from right. or de-stress from. Like, right. Whatever like, let's way... not get ourselves to the place where <laughs> we can't make it <laughs> we need through, a bottle you know, of <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, that should be, to me, that's part of the celebratory nature of the holiday. And I never yeah. want to look at it as something I gotta do because I'm white knuckling. Right. And, um, (laughs) I just feel like with all these expectations, whether it's excess on one end of the spectrum or, you know, Spartan simplicity on the other end of the spectrum, if we're putting that expectation and pressure on ourselves, we're just not really making it easy for us to, right. To have a fun holiday. And then for that fun to trickle down and that joy to trickle down. So agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I love responsibility.org. Definitely check them out and we will link to them in the show notes, which will be at themomhour.com. This episode is episode 30. 30. Woo! Okay, so since Sarah is the organiz- the organized one of us, uh, I know you've got an outline, don't you, Sarah? Yeah, I have um, things to say. Actually, I have like, mini- tiny little housekeeping even oh, before yeah. we launch into that. And that is that if you listened last week, we did our, um, actually two episodes ago, but last week we wrapped it up, our big giveaway from Micro Kickboard. So I just want to thank them again. And Shout out to our winners, Amy and Holly. So we had two winners, two scooters that will be scooting their way to you for you to put under the tree or give us a gift this year. So that was so fun. We it hope to do great. more of those big giveaways. And thank um, you for everyone who came and shared, you know, your excitement. And uh, yeah, everybody's comments in the show notes. As I mean, we made you comment to enter, but we also asked you to, you know, help spread the word about the podcast or let you let us know, you know, how you're listening and where you're listening. And so all those comments were really fun to read through. They were. Thank you very much. Yeah. And um, one last final last call for this video summit that I'm doing through Be the Best Parent You Can Be, which is a free kind of parenting course that runs the month of December. And I just want to mention it again because it kicks off the day this will air, which is December 1st. If you sign up a day or two late, it's not a big deal because you'll still just get the videos and can catch up whenever. But it's a free um, expert interview. Um, every day in your inbox and it's free and it's kind of about mindfulness and you know positive parenting and taking care of yourself and nurturing your kids and all these kind of things that are helpful reminders this time of year so and once um, again it's free and it's free yeah (laughs) nothing to lose right um so I will link to that in our show notes again um and I hope to see some of you guys over there there's a Facebook group you can join as well and kind of ask the experts questions and stuff like that so all right So this is December 1st, the day this is airing. So this feels like a good topic. Um, But let's start with what you hinted at, Megan, which is simple is a little bit overused maybe as an idea now. And you and I are both the type to like start to get really irritated at trends that won't go away. And not that simple is a bad word. No, I know. (laughs) Like, but um, when, when, 
stuff tends to lose its meaning. So let's kind of turn that word upside down for a minute. And maybe what the original intention of simplifying the holidays came from, which was probably a really good place, is more about creating a holiday that fits with you and your values and the way you want to you know, celebrate December with your family. Um, but simplifying sort of became like almost like a mission or a checklist. And yeah. now there's like templates to help you simplify right. and like programs to help you simplify, which just almost seems like counterintuitive. To well, me. you know, it's funny. I didn't even really realize that I had a problem with this phrase, this term um, until this cultural phenomenon yeah. <laughs> until like last week, uh, an article by um, a friend of mine who's an author, Laura Vanderkam showed mm-hmm. up in my Facebook feed and it was, um, why I'm not, I think it was like five reasons I'm not simplifying this holiday. And Laura is also another person who is kind of a contrarian and tends to kind of go against the cultural grain. So whenever something like that of hers pops up in my feed, I'm always like, Ooh, wonder what Laura has to say about that. So I read it and it really, I identify with it on many levels. Um, her points were sort of like one of them was I never really went overboard to begin with. So (laughs) I don't need to simplify because it it had never gotten out of control. And then another one was something like, you know, it only comes once a year. So if she does Mm -hmm. kind of go to a little bit of excess that time of year, it doesn't feel to her stressful. She's very frugal naturally. So spending was part of what made it meaningful or whatever. Yeah. 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 And so for her, you know, the joy of the holiday, um, even if it's a little more excessive than she would be year round, wasn't stressing her out. And I can't, there was one that said something about, I, I want to say it was maybe her number five uh, reason. And it was something, I have it up here, so. oh, do you, was something yeah. about like everybody, you know, talking about going into like crazy. Oh, I think it was the, her, she's frugal all the time. So mm-hmm. for her, you know, splurging at Christmas isn't, doesn't mean a huge credit card bill that she then has to fight to pay off right. the rest of the year. And right. I think there are ways to indulge and splurge and make things glittery and glammy and, you know, mm-hmm. fun without going into debt or right. feeling like you're not measuring up. Right. On the flip side, I think that minimalism in some ways has almost become competitive and <laughs> to the point where now, you know, we focus on, you know, there's this big thing towards like, let's focus on the experiences and not the stuff. Right. Well, the thing is experiences can become stressful too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're loading yourself up with have to do this and that and yeah. this volunteer event and I have to bake 18,000 kinds of cookies right. and I have to do all these right. different things, you know, that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be you buying stuff. Right. Or it well, we've just shifted the, the overthinking or the complicating right. from maybe material to, you know, yeah. perfectly orchestrated moments that and we I, can Instagram. And I also wanted, Sarah, we hinted at this a year ago and we talked about was it two years ago when we originally talked about the Elf on the Shelf, or was it last year? Mm-hmm. It was two years ago. Oh my gosh. This is our third um, holiday extravaganza. Oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> our, um, our third time to just rail on. Become really grumpy and st- yeah. we hate fun. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. 
She heated it up for lunch one day and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. But yes. we talked about Elf on the Shelf, and I remember two years ago, mm-hmm. you said something like, you asked me if it was becoming a problem with my older kids, like if they were coming mm-hmm. home from school and saying, why aren't we doing this? And I said, right. I didn't think that was a thing yet. Yeah, I don't think the Elf had not come to St. Joe. No, it had not. <laughs> Last year, the Elf arrived, and I did get a couple of questions like, do we have an Elf? And I'm like, no, shut up. And then this year, now... I've seen several things in my fe- my Facebook feed from people who are local and non-local, so I don't know where mm-hmm. the other people are from necessarily, mm-hmm. asking, how do you talk to your kids about the elf on the shelf mm-hmm. if you're not going to do it? So our pro- prophecy did come true, that yeah. something that's fun for, you know, a select number of people can eventually become kind of an expectation of everybody. Right. right. Um, I'm not really feeling the pressure because I'm just not going to go there, but, yeah. but I think it's a legitimate thing now. Yeah, definitely. Well, and we, you and I circle back to this a lot with, you know, like in the media landscape that we're in right now, it's very easy to feel like what's in your feed is what everyone's doing. Right. Um, I actually am on a complete Facebook diet right now, um, which I don't normally do. I usually just kind of like scale back and we've talked about this, like more moderation. Yeah. But I just like, other than our work, you know, our, our brand page and my personal blogs brand page where I promote stuff sometimes I like have not scrolled through the feed in two weeks and I don't I don't have any major revelations about that except that um I think for me it's actually more the article sharing that like ratchets up my stress level more than people's personal holiday and you know photos and that kind of stuff so I think it's different for everybody but I just thought I'd throw that out there because you and I did a whole episode it's one of our most popular about um, you know, media diets or yes. media usage. And I'm not saying at all that this is like changing my life and I'll totally go back to it. But it is interesting, like just being completely away 
Yeah. You know, that it's just like, and, and one of it is, is all that article sharing that like the elf debates and the Santa yeah. debates and I don't know. It does get to be a lot. And there's been some, I mean, there's been a lot of um, terrible things happening in yes. the world lately. And I find that that's when I tend yes. to kind of get, like, I start to develop a lot of outrage. I, <laughs> it takes me a while. I'm a slow burn. But at some point, something will tip me over the edge. And then at some point, I just have to, like, take a big step back. Because right. I can't, I mean, I just can't be in it all the time. And I, right. I can't be, you know, a justice fighter um, right. on Facebook all day long. That, I mean, right. I have a lot of other things going on. And I'm not saying it's not important to speak your mind. I think if you're right. the kind of person who, want, who feels compelled to do that, right. which sometimes I am, go for it. But I think that there comes a point where you're just sitting there like soaking up everybody else's outrage and it's right. over, whether it's over the elf yes. or Syrian refugees, everybody's yes. like getting, you know, so like ratcheted up and it's right. not healthy. So I'm actually kind of today I decided I needed. And also the other thing was I realized over holiday weekend, um, I spent a lot of time because we're just now finishing up Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. I spent a lot of time sitting on my mother-in-law's couch with football mm-hmm. on this week and I'm not like a huge football fan. So right. one game is enough yeah. for me, and I it was three one day. So I was just on my phone, yeah, refreshing my feed yeah. over and over, and then yeah. you start to get that like sweaty feeling. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my god, I can't look at this feed any longer. Like nothing is there's nothing of value to me in this right. anymore. But you're right. such a habit. So right. my my question for you, Sarah, is like, how many days did it take till you weren't just habitually going back and checking? You know what? This is going to, I'm going to be totally honest, is I found myself habitually checking other things on my phone for quite a long time. Like it's, it's funny, like it just, you just replace it. So it would usually be email, just looking at emails or (laughs) checking the weather. I'll check the weather. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) Sounds so bad. No, I should um, actually, I, that's one of the apps I go to pretty regularly, especially this time of year. So it's good to know. And I took the face one back. I had put it back on my phone for a little bit just because I was trying to work off of my phone um, yes. over the holiday and it was yeah. kind of, a, I didn't have my computer. Yeah. So it was yeah. a total pain not to be able to check in with Facebook really on my phone very well. Yeah. So I put it back on and I just took it back off today because I yeah. could see myself falling in. Yeah. So no, I don't think my phone uh, habits even really improved that much. Um, but I do notice a difference when I'm on my computer, like, like for my schedule, I only get like an hour and a half maybe of like concentrated computer time a day, and then maybe some in the evening, which is different than someone who works on their computer all day. And I just found like, you know, Facebook would be in the background, and I would just feel that need to like, scroll to the end of the feed. And yeah, like, just like we're saying, like the articles and the things that really don't need that much real estate in our consciousness, somehow like, fill it up. Right. So. Yeah. I got you. I'm I'm with you. And I think this is a good time of year to do those kinds of little, you know, little diets Treats. because then it, it opens up more time for the stuff you want to do. And it makes it easier for you to figure out what those things are. Exactly. Just kind of paying attention. So that was like a little tangent, but if that's a topic that um, listeners that is feels important to you or that if you're kind of new to this podcast episode three that's what we talked about the whole time yeah was kind of creating a healthy media diet and it doesn't have to be like quit all the social media and don't do any of it but just kind of being more mindful of it so yep um okay well i have i have some thoughts about this simple word um because i was thinking about it how we're going to kind of turn it on its head a little bit and for me i think it helps to start with the opposite of simple is what feels complicated to me about the holidays? Because what feels complicated to me is going to be totally different than what feels complicated to you, Megan, or yeah. you, listener. And then we can talk about simplifying or calming down or managing stress or however you want to talk about it. 
with the things that are specific to me. So like, for example, some of the big things that like the magazine articles are always going to talk about is too many social commitments, um, pressure to buy or spend too much or buy for too many people or buy too many gifts, um, you know, saying yes to every opportunity. Those are actually totally not things I have problems with. Right. I have no problem saying no to events I don't want to go to. I really enjoy the events I do go to. It's not like I stay home the whole month, but I don't have a problem saying no. Um, I don't, I feel pretty comfortable with like our spending and how much we give. And it's not like super extreme one way or the other. Um, and I, you know, I'm not an overscheduler. So like those things, I don't need to simplify just like in Laura Vanderkam's article. It's just not my specific issue. So if I ask myself, what, what does feel complicated about the holiday? And there are little things that come up like this year, I realized <laughs> this won't surprise you, Megan. Because I can like make a fairly straightforward thing into like 84 more steps than it needs to be. I don't do it with everything, but I can. It's a, it's a tendency. So I've always tried to give different family members ideas for the kids, what the kids want for Christmas, right? Which most people deal with, like the grandparents, you know, what do the kids want this year? What are they into? And I realized that I have every year taken that to like a higher level of complicatedness, including I believe like I wrote entire blog posts about how you can do this, like with Amazon wish lists and apps and and I was getting to the point where I was providing very specific idea lists and then having to figure out which relatives to give which ideas to so there was no overlap and like no they didn't ask for that they 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 never asked me to do that so they just wanted like general ideas and somehow I like totally overcomplicated that so right. this year I was like yeah let me know if you have any questions they like this good luck right. you know of course I'll be helpful if you if you need specific ideas. But so I think that was a long way of saying, like, ask yourself what what feels stressful to me or what feels complicated to me and then simplify that. Don't set out to simplify what isn't doesn't already feel complicated. That's a really good point, because, you know, especially if you read sort of mainstream publications, this is the time of year I love to read magazines. Mm -hmm. I love holiday magazines. I just like I don't really even read them. I'm just kind of flipping through looking at the pictures. And I feel like the same, it's kind of like that walk off the weight article that's been, you know, written in like 10,000 different incarnations over the years. The simplifying holiday stress is the same one. Like the tips they give kind of makes me wonder if there's something wrong with me that I'm not noticing is wrong with me because I don't feel bad about my level of social commitments. I don't feel bad about the amount of money I'm spending. You know, we, we always spend cash. We don't go into debt. It's like, this isn't a problem, but is it a problem? Yeah. Should it be? Wait a second. Is this really a problem? And I just don't know. So I've kind of become a little bit immune to that. But for several years, I was also falling into that trap of thinking like, oh, you know, maybe I need to adopt this like, you know, they have that formula for giving like one thing, a thing you need, a thing you want, a thing Mm -hmm. you read or something. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, well, we should do that. And then I thought, why would I do that? I'm perfectly happy with the number of gifts we give out. I don't feel stressed about it. I feel like we don't give our kids a lot of stuff year round. Um, You know, it's not like we don't, we've never been a family who just buys gifts all the time. It's kind of like wait for the holiday kind right. of a thing. And, and we go really low key on birthdays. So I'm fine with, you know, kind of making the Christmas holiday a little splashier. Right. And I don't feel like I need to rope myself in to a formula that somebody made a cute graphic out of right. and then posted a whole bunch right. on Pinterest. So right. uh, that's just one example. So like, it's funny that you're talking about the things that's more your trigger. So for, or your, I guess, tendency. And yeah. for me, tendency, I tend to like, if I have a I guess something that would interfere with my holiday enjoyment, I would say are two things. One thing is I tend to get really disorganized with time management around this time mm-hmm. of year. 
mm-hmm. because I'm out of my usual routine and I have so many things I could do mm-hmm. that I have a mm-hmm. really hard time focused. I'm like so big picture oriented. Right. And I then you want to be in the moment because that's right. something you're supposed to do. So I can't focus in on any one thing I really want to do. So I run out of time. This mm-hmm. happens to me like a kind of a lot. Like it'll be the 23rd and I realize I never made shortbread and mm-hmm. I really wanted to. And I just, mm-hmm. there were so many things in my head I never did. So this year I'm going to do the opposite and be a little more type A about it and mm-hmm. write and make a list and write things down, which is not something mm-hmm. that I'd ne- normally would do because normally I'm kind of more of a run on the fly mm-hmm. kind of person. Um, but I just feel like at the holiday time, there's so much you want to do kind of compressed into such a short time that if I don't write something down and make it mm-hmm. in, like a plan, then I'm just going to end up doing stuff I don't care about and not doing the stuff I really want to make. And it's easy to think on December 1st where we are, like, time stretching. It's like summer, right? So it's like stretching ahead of you. It's funny because on the flip side of that, one of mine that I made a note of is that I do the opposite. I tend to feel rushed, have, like, the physical sensation of feeling rushed early in the season when I there's nothing to be rushed about. So it's almost like I anticipate that, you know, like, like you're saying, you get to December 23rd and haven't made shortbread. I get to December 1st and feel like, well, I wanted to have the decorations up and I wanted to, and like when there is no rush. So I can like manufacture rush when it is not in fact there. I have not yet procrastinated. Um, and that there is for me, there is actually a a lot of time, you know, stretching ahead. Well, and another thing, I think that we touched on this in the last episode, the last time we talked about the holidays, um, as well, but I, I also am kind of letting go of the idea that all holiday festivities have to happen by, you know, the evening of December 24th. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities yeah. to, you know, if you get your tree up late, you can leave it up another yeah. week. If, if this year it's a little different. Last year was weird because the kids got out of school, like, I want to say the day before Christmas Eve or something. Wow. Um, because the holiday yeah, was... Yeah, that sounds right. Does yeah. that sound right to you? Mm-hmm. So there was hardly... Mm-hmm. It felt like, oh my and gosh, all of a sudden week, they're all home. Or this year, it's like a whole week earlier. This year, it's now a we're whole back to, week early. Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, that really makes a big difference in the way you feel. Like when they're all home, then it's real. You know, now it's go time. Like, And there's that feeling of hanging out in your PJs longer and having those leisurely mornings when they're all home leading up to the holidays. But when it's like one day, it's a typical school day and you're still doing things like holiday parties and stuff, you know, for at the school. Right. Um, and then the very next day, you're expected to have all the gifts wrapped and mm-hmm. and maybe you got family stuff going on and that kind of thing. I mean, it's a big that's a big transition. So last year was a little more was a little I was a little bit behind the eight ball on a lot of stuff. But I just decided, you know, it's OK. Like we can listen to Christmas music on December 26th mm-hmm. and December 27th. We can listen yeah. to Christmas music as long as we want. I mean, so I feel like the holiday is a fluid time. And yeah. yes, there if you're a Christmas celebrator. You know, technically December 25th is the day you're celebrating, but, but there's so much time around that right. that can be part of the holiday. Um, and I know some people do like the 12 days of Christmas and that kind of mm-hmm. helps spread it out and you can do whatever you want. That's the kind of the point I'm making. Yeah. You know? No, I, I mean, I agree. Do I think however that, works for you. Yeah. But for those of us who do tend to be like timeline or deadline driven, it, that's really wise. Like, I mean, just even for me, that's really wise you have, especially if you're on a school schedule. And you have this year, it's roughly, we have a week before Christmas and a week after Christmas, which is kind of nice, you know, and you can kind of look at that and, you know, look at that as a, as a whole block of time rather than like a December 25th deadline. Yeah. And it changes too. Like if you do, I don't know about your, your family, but we do holidays with our, you know, extended families, um, generally speaking, like about a week before and a week after Christmas. Mm -hmm. So my family is the week after and John's is the week before. and so. 
that I really kind of like. It's like bookends that kind of mm-hmm. extend the holiday and still make it all feel like the holiday. Because mm-hmm. when yeah. we go to my mother-in-law's to do Christmas, we're not doing like fake Christmas. We're all right. doing Christmas together, but with right. her and her and right. John's brothers and sisters. And then right. we do New Year's with my family, but it's still kind of like Christmas. We're still listening to Christmas music. It's like we kind of right. extend it out. And I really like that. Like I like right. that approach instead of having it all kind of condensed into just a few days. Yeah, I like that. That That's great. Um, so... I thought we could kind of go through a few of like the classic triggers of things that feel stressful or complicated or need to be simplified and just maybe talk about how they work in our, in our lives. And we've touched on some of them already, but, um, I wanted to bring up parties and social events. Um, and also mention that you did an episode of the home hour last year with Donia, um, Bumgarner who writes at simple, I mean, sorry, nurtured mama. Um, you also did an episode with Tish of Art of Simple. So we'll link to all of your holiday um, podcasts of the home hour because there's a lot of good stuff. But um, I remember your talk with Donia, really the part about parties and social events kind of resonating with me. And I'm wondering kind of how that works, not necessarily the family ones like you're like you were just talking about with your in-laws and stuff, but um, everything from school parties to like grown-up parties. And do you guys have a lot of those in the holiday season? Do you wish for more? Do they just kind of let things happen as they as they come? I would say it's different every year, but I have to say, you know, school stuff, yeah. But we've talked about, I mean, if you want to mm-hmm. find out how yeah. we feel about holiday kids parties, just listen yeah. to our Halloween episode. Yes. It was Halloween, right? Or was uh, it? Well, it was being a good school mom. So oh, that's right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Sarah, so just, you know, spoiler alert, Sarah and I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do other things, but like we just don't yeah. generally volunteer the holiday parties, which right. actually does take a lot of stress off for me. Although you still usually have to come up with some kind of donation. Right. Um, that's okay. Like 42 so, green puff balls or something. Exactly. <laughs> um, I will say John and I do not get invited to a lot of holiday parties. And this is this year, I'm actually kind of wanting to get invited to more stuff. We're both self-employed. So we yeah, just, you're, you're both. Yeah, so he doesn't have an office party. I don't have an office party. Um, our friends aren't like fancy people, and we're all kind of just family, you know, and we're right in that right. family space right now. So people aren't really, th- you know, throwing cocktail parties where you right. dress up fancy. And I, I, it's funny because we um, went to a wedding not too long ago, and I got a dress that could easily be worn for holidays. And uh, if you saw the picture of me um, singing in the piano bar, that was the well, dress. I barely did only because I think <laughs> I don't know why, but it's because I'm away from Facebook, You're man. Facebook. Okay, I'm well, so out of the loop. It's just like a glittery dress. Yes. I, and yeah. so I told my friend who actually does um, do a lot of, you know, kind of like net business networking stuff around here. I was like, can you please get me invited to a holiday party this year? Because <laughs> I want to wear this dress again and I won't have any other wear- place to wear it if I don't get invited to something. I mean, I guess I could just wear it in my own house. Yeah, you could. You could have a party. I could have a party. I mean, we already have a lot. John and I do entertain a lot, but it just tends to be kind of like show up in whatever you're wearing, bring your kids. Yeah, we're not, you know, we're not like, we're not having nice, fancy cocktail or dinner parties. But that's not to say we couldn't do that. And actually, we could throw it together pretty quickly if we really, if that was a big priority for us. So. Um, I have an idea for you. I think you oh, should do. Please, yes. um, <laughs> well, I wanted to bring this up because I did it a few years ago and it was really fun. And you know that if I have fun doing it, that it's super low key. So I have yeah. two specific ideas for low key holiday parties, one for grownups, one for kids. But what we did was a progressive dinner. So we did a holiday progressive dinner. 
um, with like five families and our kids were all really little at the time. So we put all the kids at one house with like three babysitters. It was hilarious. It was like a daycare. They had to put like name tags on the kids' backs because there were so many of them, but they were really reliable sitters. And there was like three sitters for whatever, 12 or 14 kids. And, and then we went to each adult house for one course and we were driving. We weren't close enough to walk, but they were really short drives. So I think we were at our house for appetizers and then somewhere else for soup, somewhere else for entree. And then we ended up back at the house where the kids were for dessert with all our kids. So the kids were all like in their Christmas jammies and there was, you know, treats and stuff. And then we brought all the kids home. So the whole thing was from like 530 to nine or whatever. Um, Let let me ask you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the most fun part about doing a progressive was everybody's homes looked really nice and decorated, but everybody only cooked one thing and and people were only in your house for like 25 minutes. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Sarah, we're welcoming our sponsor, Element. That's spelled L-M-N-T, a zero sugar electrolyte drink that leans on current science about what our bodies really need in order to deliver the most effective hydration possible. You know, Sarah, Eric is really into keeping up with health research, and he's been insisting to me for years that we actually need more salt to stay hydrated. Turns out Element agrees because they've developed their product based on a growing body of research that shows that for optimal health outcomes, we actually need to be taking in sodium levels at two to three times government recommendations. That's a big difference. Yeah, it really is, Megan. And, you know, electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, brain fog, and weakness. I know I can feel really rotten when I'm dehydrated. And also, I don't love the taste of plain water, so I'm not that great about drinking it. Element makes a huge difference in how much I'm enjoying my hydration and in how I feel, and it's super easy to fit it into my daily routine. My favorite flavor of Element is the grapefruit, but if that's not for you, we're going to get you set up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite Element flavor. Plus, Element has a no questions asked refund policy. You don't even have to send the product back to get your refund. Yeah, you can receive a free Element sample pack containing one packet of eight flavors. So you'll get eight total packets free with any order when you purchase through our custom URL. That's drinkelement.com slash momhour, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and it's available for both new and returning customers. 
To get that offer, again, go to drinkelement.com slash mom hour. And we often, with our circle of friends and relatives that are local, we often do the get a couple sitters and send them to one house Mm -hmm. thing. Um, it works really, really well. Like we do it a lot, a lot. Yeah, a lot. it was that was our first time, and it was it was dicey because there's there was quite a few toddlers. I think there was that's yeah a that's couple tricky. babies that they got sitters for the babies at home. Like it just wouldn't have been right. Right. There were a lot of two year olds. I mean, like five or yeah. six two year olds. You know? In in our case, these are kids. Who, I think the youngest is three, and they're all right. used to having sleepovers together. So we right. usually go to the youngest kid's house because yeah, that, that one is the one nice. that probably needs to go to bed in, in right. his own bed earliest. Right. Um, but I mean, sometimes we'll split them up into two houses, but we've done it lots of different ways. And it's, it's a really fun way to kind of yes. still have that adult time. Yeah. And without having to make a big, you know, dinner out night out. Yeah. Of and it. everyone paying their own individual sitters. Which, exactly. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this logistically. Okay. When for a progressive dinner, this is something that's always, it intrigues me, but I've always been a little confused. How does the person who's doing, say the entree. Yeah pull it together when they're yeah. at someone else's house eating? Um, so it depended on what what was being served. But like, okay. I think since we started, um, Brian stayed at home while I took the kids to the sitter house. So he was plating stuff. And so he had that bonus time. And then we were all at our house. I feel like the next house, the soup was in the crock pot and we just all arrived and dished up like it wasn't. Okay. And then the entree person, I think probably did cut out of that house a few minutes early. Okay. But I think everything was just, um, I'm trying, I'll have to remember what we had for entrees. I'll have to ask my friend and maybe I'll throw it in the show notes, but it was something where it just worked crock pot style or it was already warm. Okay. So, um, and then we had a pregnant, wait, I was the pregnant person, I think. Yeah. We had two designated drivers. So I think we had two minivans. So we, we did have to drive, but we like put everyone, I think it was 10 adults maybe into, into two minivans and we had two designated pregnant drivers. If you don't have um, any pregnant people, this would be a good place. This would be a good time to rent a party bus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Or those, yeah, the big Ubers that they have. But yeah. um, anyway, I think the progressive was really fun. The mo- What I remember being really fun is we did get dressed up, not to the nines, but we totally got dressed up and our houses looked amazing, but no one person had to do the All full hosting. That's nice. You know. I like that idea. I it was fun to that. see everybody's tree and yeah. set a pretty table. And those are the fun parts for me. Um, and then the other one, I'll keep this one really quick is that last year, and then we're doing it again this year, we took our neighborhood kids caroling around the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and then served hot chocolate in our garage. And it was so simple. I mean, we didn't make them practice. They didn't sound like they were in a choir. Right. We just took them door to door and it was really And no one like shook their fists at you and said like, get off my lawn. No, we had a few people not answer the door. Okay. And even the ones that were at home. Peeping behind the curtains like, who are those people? (laughs) We're going to stack the deck in our favor a little bit better. Um, and just make sure that we like know a few people that are home, but we have a really friendly street and it was so cute. I mean, I think the kids probably remembered that more than anything else they did. And if you know me, I like my parties close to my bed, so I don't have yeah. to go very far. So it was really fun. Then came back and nobody even went in my house. You guys, I promise Sarah's a lot more fun than she makes herself sound. I'm really not, though. I'm exactly <laughs> as fun, fun as I sound. <laughs> uh, okay. So. All right. Our, well, I like both of those suggestions. Okay. Um, while we're on that topic, I forgot I was going to actually talk a little bit about my other tendency that that sometimes can get in the way of holiday joy. And that is my tendency to like, I love to host and I love to entertain and I love to like bring people into my home and stuff. But I'm also one of those people who tends to kind of put myself out there. I don't even always know that I'm doing it to like my own sort of detriment, you Uh know? 
So we've had, um, we've, our house has had family in it every Christmas or I'm sorry, every new year. I want to say for six, we might've taken a break when Claire was a baby, when, like when she was a newborn, but otherwise like every year for like the last six years, at least we've hosted at least one major family gathering, which has sometimes been like meaning, you know, several families staying in our house for several days. And I love it. I really, really love it. And this year I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So like now I'm kind of having to renegotiate that with my family. Right. Nobody has right. any expectations of it. It's not right. like, it's not like, yeah, it's not like they're mad at me about it or anything, but it was really kind of hard for me to say, Hey guys, this year, why don't we meet halfway and get a hotel? Yeah. And then whoever, you know, wants to make the drive back to my house just to stay just for new year's Eve, you're welcome to do that. But I'm not, I don't want to put people up for five or six days yeah. this year. I just, I just don't want to. Yeah. And I don't, That's, it's, it's it, really hard to say that. Don't you think? Is. Or maybe. Because even the even the family who you know like loves and appreciates you at right. some level you're saying like that wasn't fun for me last year and or it that, absolutely you know, was and, and you know been, it was yeah, but it's really it hard to explain that where know. you know you're saying I need a break I and then break. somehow that implies <laughs> that well and you know we've got our teenagers now it's getting harder and harder to like kind of kick them out of their rooms to make it's not like it's that hard I mean they they willingly give up their bedrooms but then that means someone's in their space and I have like all these beds I have to deal with sheets. And it's, you know, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. And I just, this year, I just kind of lost my steam about it. Um, and just kind of don't want to, and that's fine. I mean, well, I think what's really smart is that you recognize that early. Cause yes. how often do we do the thing where we get to that and you're like, ah, and then you really are kind of grumpy and resentful. So yeah. you caught it, you caught it early. Yeah. And I, I kind of just knew this year it, it, it's not even like, it's not even like last year when everyone went home, you know, everyone went home, I flung myself on the couch and was like, oh, never again. Right. Nothing right. like that. I was really bummed when everybody left. Right. But this year when we all kind of just started tossing around like dates and stuff, I just, just like a hotel sounded so good right. at that moment. And I just said, hey guys, about <laughs> a hotel. That sounds really good to me. And so, I mean, everyone's like, oh yeah, okay, sure. Sometimes I think we're afraid to like let people down or change things up. Yeah. Yes. But sometimes we all need to do something a little bit different. Yes. And, no, I, you know? yeah, I totally agree. I think that's really smart that you did that, um, which is a perfect segue into what I was going to bring up, which is this like capital T traditions, which we have talked about at length in our holiday episodes before. So I won't repeat, but um, that, that kind of point at which traditions that develop organically, that we love to do this every year become like, that thing we have to do because we yeah. always do it. Gosh, darn it. And everybody's yeah. going to like it, whether they like it or not, you know, yeah. and rec recognizing when something has come to that. So again, go back and listen. I'll link to our old episodes, but, um, it, this is always the time of year that post, it was the first time I was published on Huffington post. And I wrote an essay more geared toward newer parents who, again, you see all the things shared on social media, whether it's like the elf or opening a book every day of the advent yeah. or all these like really special things that someone else's special organically grown tradition, then like the pressure becomes now I need to incorporate this and we need to do it from baby's first Christmas and never skip a year. Right. So I did kind of write about that. Like to me, a tradition only is a tradition when you look back and say, yes. oh my gosh, I love how we've done that we every year. We did that a whole bunch of times. It's not like you, you don't can say manufacture like, it. This is the first year of a tradition. It's not a tradition yet because you haven't looked back and said, oh yeah, we did that. And that's not, I mean, that's kind of extreme. Like I'm not saying you can't, you can't start a new tradition or intentionally, 
you know, do some special things. But to me, like the best traditions are the ones where you don't even know you're creating it until it's yeah. been four, five, six years. And you're like, oh, my gosh, we always do that. You know, I totally so, agree. And- I'll link to that. It's a special it's a it's an essay that I still love because now it's like a few years and I read it and it's still, still true it. for me. Yeah. And so if you're at the beginning of this journey and you feel like one of your to do list items this year is to start a tradition, I just encourage you to rethink that. Not that you wouldn't start it, but rethink it as a to-do list item. Do, do what you love and you'll know next year the things that you love yes, to do because exactly. you'll want to do them again and you'll you'll right. be able to find room for them. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of where I think the difference is. Like if I every year find space and time to do something, that to me is the thing that really matters and that I want to do. And it's and not that's the, kid, the, the thing or, that kids will remember yeah. too. You know, and it doesn't, I also think that traditions, and this is somewhere where I can get caught up because I'm like a detail person. They don't have to look the same every year. A tradition doesn't have to be like doing the exact same thing every year, but it can be in the little details. Like the, you know, it's like the music that's always on or, you know, and those things are, they're much more subtle and they're not something we, that we need to manufacture for our kids in my opinion. And on that same note, kind of similar to what I was just talking about, sometimes it's good to let a tradition either go out or take a break from it on a high note. Yeah, You don't want to wait until like you're shoving it down everyone's throats (laughs) or the kids really outgrew it three years ago and you're just like hanging on. I mean, that's kind of why I feel really good about, and I'm not saying I won't host everybody next year. I might. Right. But this year I feel really good about um, taking a break from it at least for one year because last year was so fun. So it doesn't feel like you know, like we kind of all killed it. Right, right. <laughs> it's not like it's not like we just stamped it into the we mud. Did that. And now we did like, that until uh, we until we just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's good to just quit while you're ahead. Yeah. So if you feel like your kids are kind of outgrowing something, or you want to, you know, like for years, and um, I've said this a few times, Sarah, like for years and years, and we haven't changed it this year, but we've always made a point of always being home on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and I'm. You know, I don't think we're going to go anywhere this year on Christmas Day, but I'm now kind of, now that the kids are all older and it's not so hard to get around, we don't have babies and yeah. toddlers, I'm okay with if something comes up and we end up going someplace on Christmas yeah. Day. That would be okay to me now. I feel like yeah. I'm ready for that. Um, so the traditions can change and totally. morph into new things. And as okay. your kids get older, they're going to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I wanted to kind of maybe finish up on right now we're talking December 1st type stuff, gift planning and yeah. traditions, but let's fast forward a couple of weeks and maybe pick a couple of things that are our triggers or things that get, can get really stressful at the last minute. Um, I'm going to bring up one that's kind of light and not that serious. And that is wrapping gifts. And cause I know you have things to say about this and you have your gift wrapping method. Mine is to not do it at all. I, it completely <laughs> stresses me out. Yeah. One time, one time, the year I was pregnant with Violet, which was a year of many Christmas meltdowns because I was like eight months pregnant and had, you know, a two and a four-year-old and um, just was at the end of, I just didn't have a lot to start with, you know, <laughs> patience-wise. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. But that year, Brian got his present in a cardboard box, like with a post-it note on it because he wraps all the presents. So I, the only present I wrapped would be his. And that year it was literally in a cardboard box That's with a hilarious. post-it note on it. Um, I don't know why. I think it has to do with my inability to use spatial reasoning. I have a really hard time like judging boxes and sizes of wrapping paper. Oh, terrible. That's, that's just like a small detail. I just, that's one thing I put off to the last minute because I think 
I think it seems easier to me to be able to see all the, I've never been one of those people that wraps the gifts like, you know, December 15th, as soon as, soon as they start coming in, like I can't, yeah. like I need to see them all, you know, and then make sure they're all there. But then I wait till the last minute and it is like really super stressful for me. So I don't do it. Brian does it. And it's, it works well in our house because he doesn't do any of the other planning or thinking or, you know, budgeting. I mean, he just kind of leaves it to me and I keep him posted. Yeah. So that's one of mine that if there's a way to uncomplicate or de-stress gift wrapping, I'm all ears other than making your husband do it, which is well, you can always go to a little local store and they'll wrap for you, which is awesome. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's hard to do all your shopping that way, but that is one option. And, you know, a lot of places, churches and fundraising yeah. places do the wrapping. Although I always found it more stressful to try to get all of my gifts yeah. to one place to have them all wrapped and then get them home yeah. again. Um, here's the way I handle it. I, first of all, the spatial reasoning thing, Sarah, we are totally in the same place. Like I am ter- I, I don't know how I screw it up so badly. I put a box in the middle of a big piece of wrapping paper and I pull one side up, you know, I'm like, oh, so I should have a pretty good idea of like how much, you know, where I need to cut. And I screwed yeah. up, you know, three out of four times I screwed up. So I'm not even joking. I mean, that's not even an exaggeration. Either it's doesn't quite meet or it's way too big and I'm like I'm wasting right. a bunch of wrapping paper. So I've decided to just be okay with that. Like I wrap yeah. pretty much all the kids' gifts um, and I wrap John's gifts. And you like it, right? Don't you I go do, in, a, but in a room I, and put on yeah. your favorite music? And... But I make a thing out of it. So yeah. I, first of all, yes, we do have rolls of wrapping paper that left over for every year. And usually not that much, but that'll probably get used at some point. I bring it all up, but I make a point of going out and buying new wrapping paper that I love mm-hmm. and new ribbon. I always make sure I've got good tools. So I always have the little, mm-hmm. um, zzz, like the little yeah. scissor thingy. You Can know? you do that sound effect again? Zzz, you know, it does that. <laughs> I'm like making a hand gesture here too, but you can't see it, but it's like, it's like a little <sharp inhale> blade that you use to cut the wrapping paper. And it really does work. Having good, more expensive wrapping paper Mm-hmm. also makes a big difference because it doesn't tear easily yeah. and the, yes. the, the, yeah, the corners the, the don't pop through. Is, it's awful. Yeah, the worst. Um, and I kind of just like indulge in like little ribbons and like little stick-on bows yeah. and stuff. And then I go in my bedroom and I turn on my music and I get a glass of wine and I listen to music and I just know I'm going to be in here struggling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've cut open my comforter before trying to... <laughs> I mean, I'm terrible. Like, because I always lay everything on my bed and then yeah. I get this my huge Fisker scissors out. And I'm like, gosh, this feels like really thick wrapping paper. And then <laughs> yeah. I look and I've literally cut like a stripe down my quilt. I've done that That's more than once. Um, but in the end I have gifts wrapped and I usually have a little buzz and, uh, cause it takes yeah. me a really long time. Yeah. And I have a good, at that point I too, I also have a good sense about what we have for each kid. Cause I get really, yes. Like I'll buy stuff and chuck it in a closet and then lose track. So it helps me a lot to lay everything on the bed, put everything in piles, realize it's not like I got four gifts for one kid and 10 for another. You know, everyone's got kind of a relatively equal-ish number of gifts and I didn't accidentally give something to the wrong kid. John would totally give something to the wrong kid. Well, I I will admit that the way we delegate this, that definitely happens because what will happen is I, I do kind of look it all over and then I turn Brian loose and I don't wrap anything. And it'll be Christmas morning and like a tag will have fallen off. And because I haven't seen it wrapped, I have like, you have I have no, no idea. idea what that is. Like yeah. I should know, but I won't know until it's open because I was not part of the wrapping at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that stuff happens. Um, and it can happen even if you did the wrapping and the shopping. I mean, yeah. it happens. But the funny thing is then what always ends up happening because John just kind of delegates that to me and, and I willingly take it on. So it's not like I, you know, I'm grumpy about it. Um, 
I'll have a pile. All the kids' gifts are all like the wrapping paper. Like I have to do the thing where I go and cut another piece of wrapping paper out yeah. and then plaster it over the crack because I didn't right. measure the paper right. So the kids are like a hot mess. And then John, who really kind of goes a little overboard for me at Christmas, wrap, I don't even know when he wraps my gifts. I never see him doing it or I never see the paper. So all of my gifts magically appear. They're beautifully wrapped because Aww. he's very spatially oriented. Yeah, yeah. He's really good at wrapping gifts. Yeah, Brian but he's is such too. a perfectionist yeah. about it. I think it would take him even longer than it takes me if I let <laughs> him do the kids. It would just never get done. So it's so funny because like you can tell which which ones are mom's gifts. Oh, they're right. the ones that look nice. Yeah. And the kids ones just like kind of lumpy. I love and like it. too much tape on the end. See, that's a tradition. That, that is, is a tradition that your kids will talk about when yeah. they're older. That and they is don't tradition. care. All they want to do is open them. I don't yeah. think that they look at the tree and go, oh, yeah, man, mom used way too much tape at the end. Or, you know, you always get those awkwardly shaped gifts. You can't figure yeah. out. Oh, so Brian kind of, loves those. That's like a that's like an ultra challenge for uh, him. Like I just kind of gather yeah. everything up at the end and roll it up like whatever yeah. like, papers left over and like kind of roll it up and just tape it, you know, tape it like crazy. So it looks terrible. I just put that under the tree. Yeah. So, well, and there's always the gift bag and tissue paper. That's solution. always an option as well. Um, now, I, I one thing I will say, like on a specific tip, is if you, we have hosted the last few years, it's easier for us not traveling with all the little kids, which does mean that like my parents and my brother and sister are usually coming to us. And if people are flying, they can't really travel with wrapped gifts. My mom usually arrives with everything wrapped, but all, inevitably we have people coming who are saying, Do you have any extra wrapping paper, scissors, yada, yada? So we've just had like a wrapping station like set up in the garage um, and that's been great. Like rather than have to go, you know, it's just set up. It's like take your right. stuff out there, you know, let everybody know not to come in and wrap your own stuff, you know, that's and really assume that idea. that's going to be happening in the few days leading up. So and I keep all of like I keep extra scissors, um, extra scotch tape and extra yeah. like little things in yeah. <laughs> in with the Christmas stuff. So it's never it doesn't yeah, in our house, if you take yeah. it out, it tends to yeah. kind of just get distributed all over the house. Like a kid runs yeah. off with the tape and then you don't have any and that kind of yeah. stuff. So I, I have special stuff I only use at the holidays and it's kept with all of our Christmas stuff. So Very easy smart. to find. Very smart. Yeah. All right. Well, where where else should we go from here? I feel like we can um, maybe kind of wrap up with some wise words about stress management. I have to think about wisdom. I have to think wise. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, doesn't it feel like we always come back to this in like every episode? <laughs> of ev like not only holiday episodes but basically yeah. everything we talk about but that there is you know there's what everyone else does or what everyone else mm -hmm. seems to do and then there's what works for us and mm -hmm. uh I think the holidays are sort of like a like a really ramped up version of that yeah exactly um but really it's just the holiday I mean it's an important thing but even if this year it's a little lackluster yeah <laughs> that's okay I mean sometimes yeah. like the things that are really magical for the kids like remembering to check um, the NORAD tracker. My kids yeah. are always talking about that. I mean, that literally, I forget every year that's even a thing. Yeah. Until Christmas Eve, I'm like, oh, what's that That website, the NORAD <laughs> Santa tracker? I'm like, oh, the kids are like, yeah. It's like such a small, small yeah. thing that yeah. doesn't really add any stress. And right. doesn't something you have to plan. Like you don't right. always have to think about stuff in advance and map right. it out and make a plan. Like right. that's just something that is going to pop into your head and you're going to think of. And if you run to the store and end up buying, you know, at 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve and end up buying a tube of sugar cookies because you forgot that you need to have cookies mm -hmm. for Santa, kids are not going to remember that you bought them in a tube. They're going to remember right. that they put a plate of cookies out for Santa. I just think so right. much of this stuff can happen on the fly. Yes, And doesn't I agree. need to be so thought out, whether it's, you know, whether you're going simple or extravagant. Um, right. 
and whatever that definition, however you define that. Yeah, no, I agree. And we talk a lot about taking the long view, especially if you're new at this. And, you know, there's a point before your kids are, say, five, you, you, you just have to do all the heavy lifting. They're not going to come to you and say, Mom, can we do this this year? Or I love yeah. it when we do this at Christmas. Um, one of the things I feel like where I am is kind of transitioning from that, where I had to pretty much be in charge of everything um, to like stepping back and, and letting different interests and different opportunities sort of come to us. So I think if you get in the pattern with babies and toddlers of, you know, you, you really are sort of driving the ship for the most part, you and your spouse or, you know, deciding how you want the holidays to be, but it gets in some ways more complicated because older kids have different ideas and opportunities and they remember last year. Don't you love how kids don't remember last Christmas? I've decided until they're like, Five. Yeah, like a four-year-old will not remember their three-year-old Christmas. And you're like, oh my gosh, but we didn't remember. Like we went to see the Nutcracker. Just looking at you blankly. No. Yeah. They're like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like we get out the same like little Advent thing every year. And they're like, I've never seen that before until they're about five, yeah. you know, maybe a four, maybe depending. But um, so if you've kind of been in that, your first few like white knuckling, figuring out how you want it all to be, I think now I'm starting to step back and just let things happen a little bit more because there are people with, you know, who remember last year and who, you know, want to do the things that are around this year. And so I think that's kind of a nice, a nice place to be. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to drive the bus all the time. I agree. And I will also say that one thing, um, one thing that has gotten me through a lot of kind of questionably enjoyable things as a parent, (laughs) um, is to act as if, and that's sometimes I think people sometimes really dig their heels in about being grumpy around the holidays or being stressed. It's like we get this idea, this cultural idea of how it is. And then we, mm-hmm. we dig in so hard on that idea that we don't allow ourselves to look at it a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, acting as if sounds like faking it. And I don't, I don't like the word fake it to me. It's right. more like you're, you're creating your own experience of the holiday. Mm-hmm. And I really think that the way we feel mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad, mm-hmm. it's going to trickle down. Mm-hmm. And it's really going to affect the overall feel, which to me is really what I'm going for. I want my yeah. house to feel, yeah. you know, like I want it to feel homey all the time, but the holidays are a chance yeah. to really ramp that up and to really indulge in like the sensory, you know, overload and yeah. just like the, you know, warm, cozy, fuzzy yeah. stuff. And if I feel that way, the kids are going to also feel that way. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes that, um, that means we have to sort of allow ourselves to like things that we don't necessarily think we're going to like. Yeah. Or come up with new ways to do things that is not enjoyable. Like if yeah. if doing if decorating the tree is stressful for you because you're letting your two year old put all the decorations on the tree, like maybe you don't have to do it that way. Maybe yeah. it's something that you do on your own. Yeah. You know, maybe that's yeah. mom's thing to do. Well, I, I think you it, love it. I think there's an an element here of being quote unquote giant air quotes selfish. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That will help get us through with a calmer, happier state of being. Like I'm pretty selfish about the music that I put on when we're all around, you know, and it doesn't mean you can't make a request, but that is something that like brings me calm and I'm going to listen to the Christmas music I want to listen to most of the time Um, or have quiet sometimes, like turn it off. Um, And so there's an element of self-preservation in there, I think, but that's again, going back to what they'll remember, remembering a calm and happy mom. Yeah. It's not, a, not a bad thing. It's not and a bad, it's not all about, we, it's not all tradition. about creating an experience for our kids. Like moms deserve right. a magical holiday too. Yes. Ooh, let's, let's quote that. Yes. Moms deserve a magical holiday too. Yeah. And I really. think if we, if we 
make that for ourselves, then it's that much more likely that the kids are going to feel it. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, are those well, the wise words we need? to? Those answer? are definitely, <laughs> definitely the wise words. Wow, we really wrapped that. that. We really put a shiny little red bow on that, didn't we? I know. Um, Can you do your sound effect one more time? Your oh, rap- my rap. <laughs> I kind of forgot it now. It's, is it that? Z- <laughs> we have and it goes up too. Because I actually have no idea. It, what you're it never about. goes. Z- it's like. Z- <laughs> it's a little. It's like a, a little stick. I think I'm um, like 3M sells them, and maybe Scotch maybe sells them. Oh, and Scotch I- has. Has the like tape. a box cutter, like a mini. It box looks cutter? like a tiny little box cutter with a protected blade. Like the blade okay. is in, oh. and you just like hold the wrapping paper with one hand and kind of guide. But what if your bed quilt's underneath? Well, and this that was is, a serious question. I wasn't just giving you a hard. Yeah, time. no, I'm. This is this is the answer to that because <laughs> you lift it up because you're not both of your hands aren't. You're not like awkwardly holding scissors with one hand and holding the wrapping paper with the other. You're just holding the wrapping paper with one hand, and the other thing is both pushing and. Mm. Uh, cutting at the same time it requires okay. a lot less maneuvering and manual okay. dexterity which i'm not really i don't have a lot of that i'm not okay my hands. well you can buy one my of small my fine gadgets. motor skills leave a lot to be i would desired. say you could buy one for me for christmas but i'm not wrapping presents so we'll put it in the show notes but the other thing uh, yes, i will say will. i've also tried out the tape dispensers and i feel like they are not i think they're a waste of money like yeah, the ones cl- that dispense out one little piece of tape oh, oh, oh it's oh, never yes, the size I, I want so what I do is I, I cut off like little um, various different pieces of tape and then I stick them on the headboard of my or the footboard yeah. of my bed. So they're right by then I can just grab yeah. the size I need. Yeah, that is a good that's a good strategy. Um, speaking of the show notes, I feel like sometimes we kind of blaze through that. And I know we have a lot of listeners who just have only listened on your app on your phone or however you listen to us. So this um, episode in particular, I'm going to link to a bunch of stuff, including all these. Um, you've just done a lot of really good holiday episodes of the home hour with other wise people talking about, you know, frugal living and simplifying. And so there is more to be had people. So if you've never been over to the momhour.com, that's where you go. You look for episode 30 and then do, um, you know, let us know in the comments there too. If you've checked out some of these resources, um, you know, what else you like to see, because we kind of see those show notes as like the blog post that goes along with this. So we put some time and love into them and we want them to be, useful. Often I include things that we totally didn't talk about, but should have, um, in this show, because as I'm putting them together, I think, oh my gosh, there's that other great article. So, um, you know, this is a spoken, this is an audio experience, but for those of you who like to, you know, continue your reading and thinking about it, that's where it's at. And it's, uh, there's often, if not usually also at least one cute picture or funny picture as well, which is fun. Of course. I want to give a final shout out to our sponsor, our sponsor, responsibility, (laughs) our sponsor, responsibility.org. Again, they are an organization promoting responsible alcohol consumption and talking to your kids and um, doing all the things that we need to do to be grownups having a good time, but also be safe and good role models. So they're a great place to check out. You can just go to responsibility.org. Or you can follow their hashtag, which is holiday responsibly. And they did a big study and they've got some kind of cool, um, some kind of cool information out there. Yeah, I love um, the way they share their research. It's always yeah. really, it's interesting research and then like cool infographics and just clever, clever it's, presentation. It's clever and they have a lot of bloggers and parenting writers who, um, who contribute to their site and stuff. It just makes, it's really, it's a, it's a cool resource. So check yeah, it out. Yeah, it's a great conversation. Yep. Responsibility.org. Thank you so much. And we will be back another, in a week with. Yeah more of this more more (laughs) more of what you love (laughs) all right happy holidays everyone happy holidays
Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour. 